Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. There is a word in Korean, inyon. It means providence or fate. Do you believe in that? That's just something Koreans say to seduce someone. What a good story this is. Childhood sweethearts who reconnect 20 years later and realize they were meant for each other. In the story, I would be the evil white American husband standing in the way of destiny. Shut up. He was just this kid in my head for such a long time. I think I just missed him. Did he miss you? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Kale Smith. Uh, joining me this week is Jeremy Tao, the director of uh, Walkman. Hey, how's it going, Kale? Everybody, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. It's nice to finally have you finally back and also here for a great movie, um, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, since you are the guest of the show, uh, what movie are we talking about this week? We're going to be chatting about uh, Past Lives this week. Um, Celine Song's uh, freshman effort here, her first feature film. Very, very good movie. <clears throat> Excited to chat about it. Awesome. And yes, this is Celine Song's directorial debut, uh, distributed by A24. Um, and it's, to me, to me, it, you know, there was earlier this year, there was Bo is Afraid. And there was a couple other like A24 movies. But to me, this was the one that I feel like kind of like gained the most attention from A24. Like the marketing from it, like everything about it, like it just like got film people into this movie. Like it just like there's something about the story and everything. So the so my kind of question for you, Jeremy, is why do you feel just to kind of start off the discussion, why do you think this movie captured so many people, you know, so many people's, you know, attention in this, in a very big way? I think it, uh, it, it's the type of movie that appeals to everyone because it is what it is. It's, it's a story. It's a story that's as old as time, a love story. Right. But we are getting a pretty fresh and different point of view on this one. And that's what's kind of exciting now about um, this big shift in, in, in American cinema and international cinema. We're, we're starting to shine a light on a, a, a lot more different types of people and communities that, uh, you know, traditionally haven't been, been highlighted. And so this is a love story, a story we all understand, a story we all yearn for. And we also are always looking for fresh ways to tell a love story you know this is an immigrant love story it's an american love story it's it's a complicated love story it's a realistic love story right and so um it's just very appealing from so many different angles and and points of view exactly and what i love about like this movie too is that it feels intimate it feels like a love letter to 
Celine herself. Like it feels like a love letter to something to herself from to her younger self. To mm-hmm. like, you know, her working through you know, not to get all the way into the thick of this thing immediately, but what I love about this is it really does feel like Celine is figuring out her own complicated relationships through love and but also her relation her you know relationship to being an immigrant herself you know and also like what does that mean you know having you know one life here in this you know in in your in your home country but also in you know an immigrant in you know you know having that being an immigrant in Canada and then and then again being an immigrant in America you know in three being you know in your young life you know being an immigrant for two different you know two countries so i and i kind of love that too and how you know she uses like this you know this the this the male character uh song um as like this kind of like way of you know working through you know this and that's kind of like to me like what grabbed me instantly is how so deeply personal it is and how someone's using you know film to work out something so deeply personal yeah you know I, after doing some research on Celine um, there are a lot of elements of her real life in this movie that are very evident her her real life father was a filmmaker you know they they also immigrated from from Korea to the to, to North America, and so, um, yeah, it, it's. Uh, and she also said to in an interview that uh, a, a moment she was in that very much sparked a lot of this was she was at a bar with her current significant other and her ex at the same time, and uh, also talking to them in two different languages, and you know, very much. The opening shot of a movie um, honoring that real life moment, but um, but yeah, it's I I mean it ties in directly to to the fresh angle thing and fresh perspective thing I was talking about before. So I mean, it is hard to believe that this is the first film set she's done, you know, <laughs> and uh, to to re- to really be you know, it's a simple love. Simple doesn't always mean easy, right? It's a simple love story, but I mean, it ain't easy filming on the streets of New York. You know, it's a, that's that it. No matter your ex, your expertise, that is a difficult thing to do, and to be able to record good cinema in uh, hostile environments like that. So, uh, and just hearing the way that her actors talk about her and the way they interact is very, very evident that. Um, you know, there there are some movies where that real life chemistry on set and beyond like that very much translates into what you see on screen and i think this movie is uh is a good example of that exactly and for me it's you know it's well you say you know it's a simple love story but it's hard to make it fresh mm-hmm. you know it's hard to make it you know seem relevant and give it you know i mean a sense of relevancy i mean we open you talk about the opening shot of this movie we open this movie with a couple you know at a different table we don't see their faces 
yeah, but we hear them shit. talking. In, they're talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're like Tina Fey and Steve Carell from Date Night, where they're just like you know, they're they're you know, um, what's the word? They're like you know, they're interpreting like what each person is saying, mm-hmm. you know. So at the different table, so you know, and they're kind of reading into it, and you know, and their interpretation is you know that you know the person that you know we the audience know is the married person to uh Greta uh Greta Lee's character uh-huh. you know they think you know that married person's just a friend that's just hanging out with them at three in the yeah. morning or something yeah. and then you know her and her husband and then her and her husband are you know and it's this perfect setup of like it's so blatantly obvious that in this story that it should be you know these two characters like it should be these two you know Greta Lee's character uh and you know Tia Yu's character um that's what it should be it's so obvious you know even from like a person's perspective and it's just it's great that Celine's song just like uses that scene to just like pinpoint the obviousness of the scene (laughs) Like obviousness yeah. of the story, like already like commenting because we, I because of course you know she she made this you know not knowing that they would make a trailer that would tailor you know to those expectations, but she's made this movie to where it's so obvious from us. And also, I should point out the voices we hear are very very white people ish. Yes, I say this is a white person. Well, that's so, the thing, is it? What you okay? So that what you just said, in addition to what you said a, a little while ago about how, you know, it was, it's kind of evident that the, the two, I guess, so what you were saying, the two Asian characters are kind of supposed to be together, right? That brings up the the, the conversation about, um, you know, in, interracial dating and how the first, uh, the first assumption, even though the two Asian characters were the ones deep in conversation. The shit talkers assumed that she was with the white guy. Right. And they were, they're correct. And so, you know, it, it's a really deep scene, much deeper than, than, uh, than what it presents itself to be. And so, Mm. yeah, it was a pretty, it was a really good scene to start off. And it's really awesome that we get to, uh, see the scene play out later on exactly and then we get the whole we get like basically 80 or so minutes of it before we come back to that scene because that scene's yeah. almost towards in the movie yeah um it's the second to last scene in the movie um yeah. you know we spent 80 minutes contextualizing that relationship yeah. you know the relationship of these three characters if you will um yeah. so in that and what transpires is like this really, you know, epic, like romantic tale of like these two people that fell in love when they were preteen before they knew what love was, you know, and then they reconnect again in on Facebook of all things or yeah, yeah Facebook. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, they're, you know, and then they break it off because because uh, online because the complication of online dating is you know you never see them physically you never get to just you know be physical in 
not even in like in a you know in a sexual way but like in a you know physical you know you don't get to touch you don't get to you know see them occupy for, the same space sand. to be together yes. yeah 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 so you know they break off because they couldn't realistically do that because of circumstance it was very it's kind of like the villain of this movie is circumstance mm-hmm. yes very much so it was very interesting to see uh Greta Lee's, Nora's character Nora's parents uh portrayed in a pretty progressive manner especially considering the time they're in you know uh for for the mother to be asking her daughter like who she currently has a crush on and if she would like to go on a date just so she can create some last happy memories before she rocked her world and took her halfway across the planet and you know that you see that again later in the future when she's i mean she's on the phone with her mom and she's looking up old crushes to god you know it's 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 you don't see that often in immigrant family portrayals in real life and in you know fictionally and so that was really cool to see and it, it was really cool to see the and it, it was also you know just for my in my opinion it was a, a really important uh storytelling element in that i mean her family her parents and the way they lived was entirely different than uh her her crushes parents and and the way they ran their family right and so it was a really great uh tool and showing a little bit more of, of that difference between the two families well and it hints that you know it hints that you know what the ultimate resolution of the story is which is you know the per you know in her final speech towards him you know at the bar that you know again spoilers for a movie that's been out for uh roughly a month now but uh but the in but her final speech of like that girl that he fell in love with you know it is you know it's gone you know she's a completely different woman you know from the little korean the little spoiled you know overly you know confident you know korean girl that she knew or he excuse me he knew um is gone like it's a different person like that person metamorphed in or like it cocoon and morph into this person that's now a married you know playwright in new york um so to so to me like that's you know whereas he is very much he's very much korean like he very much is very national almost in his own nationalistic way like he's in love with being in korea whereas her ambitions was always like the the ambitions that she you know wanted to you know overcome you know that were kind of too you know korea was you know for in her eyes were too small or that's what she says Um, it's one it's one of the defense mechanisms she she comes up with as well to kind of help comprehend the move you know um so i mean it, it was that the that one of the i mean the best one of the best shots of the movie when they uh when they say bye on the walk home and they 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 split up the two different paths that was uh 
yeah, that was really well done. And, you know, I remember moving uh, from California to Georgia in seventh grade and um, coming up with scenarios and stories and ideals in my head that whether they're true or not, I just, it, when you're, you do what you need to do and you're a kid up here to kind of get you through and to survive. And so, you know, she said, what did she say? Koreans can't win the net the Nobel prize for literature or something. And, and that was like something she loudly said in class that he heard. And he even mentions it again in the future, you know? And so it was, um, it was well done. It is. It, if you notice in that shot, you know, she's going upward, like the shot uh-huh. where it's split. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going upward and he's kind of like in, like going kind of level, like yeah. in the middle, if you will. Yep. It's like a really good dichotomy of like, you know, how they go in their life. Because he kind of stays in this neutral place his whole, for the next 20-ish years. Yeah. Um, while she, you know, becomes a playwright, you know, she gets married, you know, to this really nice guy, you know, and, um, and not only nice guy, but also smart, a writer as well. So it's just like, you know, and she's in New York, one of the most, one of the busiest places on earth. So, um, so you're just like, so she definitely, you know, in so she definitely like you know had an upward momentum of you know especially going from you know you know canada you know south korea to canada to then um america so so and that's like i i don't know i you mentioning that just like oh yeah that is like a brilliant yeah that's like a brilliant juxtaposition excuse me and Um, he even verbally brings that up when they meet he's like i have a normal life with a normal job and like you know we got a, a brief little glimpse of the uh the mandatory korean military service you know when he was hiking and they were just eating with his with his mates um yeah we just really got to see a great example of of the different types of, of growth that the uh the two the two of them had growing up um Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, a really, it was a really mature decision uh, on Nora's part to to break it off as they were, like, really getting reconnected, you know, and the logistical factors of not being able to, like you said, Gail, like, visit each other, occupy the same space with each other, like, that's, that's so important. And, like, especially when you are considering dedicating your life to another person, you you need, or, I mean, I guess most of the time, like, you need to see if you're compatible and to see uh, how you mesh with this person in many different environments and situations, you know, and they were both growing mm-hmm. career-wise and she made a tough decision. Exactly. And then she also had to get a green card, exactly. which and is then, also a very realistic storyline too. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
you know, I kind of do love that comment, though, is like they marry like she has to keep working, you know, to keep having a green card. And then she and correct me. So I haven't seen the movie in three weeks. Uh, do, do they say that she married him to keep her green card as well? Or uh, they say it was a factor. They, they say that they got married quick more quickly than they would have liked because the green card was a factor is what they said. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I was like, I re- think I remember that. Um, yeah. Because I have not had a chance to rewatch this movie, but, um, but yeah, no. And so that kind of adds even more to the suspense of it because you keep like, because as an audience member, you you know, you're watching this for the first time, you keep waiting for that moment where they meet in New York and then like, it's like sparks are flying. It's like, you know, it's like a Richard Linklater romantic story of mm-hmm. like, you know, where they, are they going to, you know, and talk for ages and ages and, you know, is it going to be like before, um, uh, is it going to be like a before sunset situation where, you know, one of them stays or goes and change makes this radical decision to, or are they not going to reciprocate? And, to me, what I love about this movie is it makes you do the thing that the audience doesn't want to do. She chooses, because in most movies like this, you know, we as the audience would want her to go and run away and drop everything and go to back to Korea and, you know, and live this happy life with this handsome dude that she fell in love with as 12. But what's so great is Celine, you know, you know, realistically brings it down to no, this, and it makes Greta Lee's character so powerful and such a great character. She chooses her husband. She chooses to not give in. Mm-hmm. And it almost destroys her to do it. Mm-hmm. That hug at yeah. the very end, when her husband hugs her after she walks back to the the door of their apartment, you know that was that was some some deep stuff, dude. Um, yeah, I mean that that's a scenario that you know, obviously I'm never going to experience, but I mean just like imagine imagine going through. You that. say that's, that, Jeremy. <laughs> Yeah, there's no guidebook for these immigrants, you know, immigration uh, uh, across the planet, um, childhood crushes. You know, it's (laughs) they're complicated. Exactly, and that's kind of like why I and it's like why this is one of the best movies of the year is like she chooses, but it still destroys her to let him go and and even like in their final moments like they realize they probably are perfect for each other but they're going off of this promise that maybe there are other lives you know Mm -hmm. it's that you know it's that whole thing where you know it's a it's this whole thing where you know you know, there's, you know, this life and then there'll be this other life. And so they're going off of this promise that maybe in the next life, they'll actually just be a happy couple and not have these circumstances happen. But, you know, 
but what are the chances that that will actually happen? Like, you know, it's, uh, it's no matter like, how big or uh, small, he's, he's still going to be hoping for it, you know? And so that's, that's, yeah, that's what makes it really beautiful. It's, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Um, We've been kind of going through the whole movie, but uh, is there anything you want to talk about, like other, other than like the plot and stuff? Like, um, I was reading about how uh, a really interesting uh, filmmaking tactic that uh, that production used was um, Celine was very intentional about uh, keeping the two male characters. Uh, like set like not in contact and separated from each other and uh i learned that the take like the shot in the movie where they meet each other like in the apartment like that was the actual moment that the two of them saw each other in person for the very first time like ever in real life and that's the, the take that they used and so you know um and you know, there's a lot of intentionality too with the way that uh, Nora's character interacted with either either partner, and um, you know, uh, yeah, I love stuff like that. Hearing things like that, that little little techniques and things that directors use, I love hearing that kind of stuff because, I mean, I I'm a true believer in it. I also heard too that. Uh, uh, when they hug at the very end, um, uh, right before he gets in the Uber, that was the first time that they physically touched each other, like ever. Uh, all throughout pre-pro and all throughout filming, they had like not physically touched each other, and then so when they hugged, it was the first time that they touched, and they that was the take that they used in the movie too. And so like that's really interesting stuff, um, real psychological. Uh, real acting kind of stuff i like it it's this form of like method directing but it's a method directing that doesn't like injure the actors mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and i i mean i appreciate it and i love it and uh and yeah and that's a great point like i mean you know and when they do hug in the end it's like you can almost feel like the you know the chemistry almost exploding like mm -hmm. the tension everything it's just like you know fine and that's what kind of leads them to that's what leads her to almost have a breakdown so mm -hmm. uh, or leads her to breakdown excuse me um yeah. yeah i just i'm 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 so enamored by this movie it's you know, and then I'm enamored. And then what I also kind of love about it is I do love, you know, not necessarily that this movie was shot on film, but it's just like uh, Shibier Kirshner's uh, cinematographer, the cinematographer. This is, I love how he shot this with like very low lights or, you know, very little lights and very, you know, like it's very natural and it just allows the colors to really pop with the grain of the, you know, I genuinely love that. Um, yeah. the exterior yeah. and interior night stuff looked really beautiful. It does. It it gives like New York this like beautiful like bluish like like bluish indigo kind of look, and I really love it. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Um. Trying to think of what else. Um. I I don't know. It's just a great movie. Yeah, it really is. It's gonna. It's going. It's. I mean. I think it's going to be competing with Oppenheimer and you know the other heavy hitters this year for for best picture, you know, and um, it's going to be really and and you know on a more cultural, uh, uh, pers- from a more cultural perspective too. Um, I was very uh, lucky to be able to see both uh, Past Lives and Joyride um, early, and you know to have both of those movies in the theaters simultaneously, I think was very important and very, you know, very, very monumental uh, moment in Asian American cinema to have just the, the difference, the difference in the, in the types of movies and, but yet so unbelievably good in their own respective ways you know to see really talented powerful female asian american talent just i mean everyone doing what they what they do just at an extraordinarily high level it was really cool to see to uh to have both of them at the theaters at the same time it was big exactly i'm Exactly. And, you know, and we'll talk about Joy right later, later on, but, you know, but what I do love about both movies is they both are having similar conversations, but in different genre. Like they're both having these conversations of what immigration does and what, you know, separation of, you know, separation of, you know, nation does to, you know, does to immigrants, you know, and how it changes them but also makes them you know like i love like the like i love like both of these movies are like having these you know conversations that just normally never gets talked about in these movies you know Mm -hmm. one's more broadly done and then this one's more and this one here you know because it's you know more personal it's more intimately done yeah so i mean um, this movie very much speaks to me you know i i have always personally felt like this is a like this is Walkman's like big sister movie, you know. I feel a lot of a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities between my movie and, and and past lives, and like the, I mean, the simple fact that they finished this movie, that A twenty four took it on, and it's arguably like it's it's going to be a top three movie of the year. Like I, I just don't see how it's not going to be. That is super important for people like me, like directly important for me, because, you know, I am working on converting Walkman into a feature film and it's going to be in some ways pretty similar to past lives. And uh, um, it gives me hope and strength and, and confidence in what I'm doing when I see stuff like this, you know, so. exactly Mm -hmm. awesome exactly um all right um is there anything more we need to talk about with past lives or are we ready to start plugging in and talking about walkman i think we've hit everything in past lives that obviously as we both wanted to talk about yeah i think we're good on that 
All right. Um, all right. Well, now that we are moving on, um, Jeremy, so tell everybody about this Walkman project you've got going. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we've uh, we've just begun our, our film festival circuit um, within the past few weeks. And uh, we, it's been a busy week. Uh, just a few hours ago, we learned that we have been selected to play as a work in progress at uh, Sozo Bear Films uh, annual uh, a night at the movies uh, in nice. be- Dahlonega, beautiful Georgia, De- right? Dahlonega, Georgia. Yeah, I have not been to Dahlonega in a long time. And what's really special about this is my senior film from college uh, was one of their opening films at their inaugural night at the movies event back in spring of 2018. And so, uh, it's, so it's really special to come back all of these years later with my next short film. And I haven't, you know, I haven't really made anything in between those two movies, but it's really special to, uh, to be able to play there. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, Carrie Schrader will be there. You know, my, my favorite professor from film school, um, Carrie, uh, uh, has a big, uh, the great Carrie Schrader. Yeah, a big influence and a big hand, and and that up there, and, and you know, uh, a big influence is Sozo Bear, just like she was for a lot of us. And so, um, that is happening uh, in the latter half of August. Uh, we also made it into the um, Morehouse uh, Morehouse College Human Rights International Film Festival. That will be our first uh, festival that's going to be um, actually playing in competition. I mean, uh, and that takes place in the latter half of September. Uh, right now, not to date this podcast or anything, but it's the middle of July. And uh, come the end of July and the beginning of August, we'll start hearing back from a lot more festivals and really start getting that going. Um and we're also uh, trying to get some some planning going for our, um, our 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 screening for our our cast and our crew and our friends and family, and we're really excited about that. Uh, you know, it was very much a, a pandemic movie when we made it, and we still had to be super super careful about uh, a lot of the restrictions and and and, and uh, SAG related. Uh, uh, guidelines in terms of production and everything, and so we didn't really we we haven't had a rap party or anything, so I'm, we're trying our hardest to kind of wrap and mold a lot of this stuff into one big blowout, and um, but we're we're working on that, and so that's coming. Um, but yeah, and then another another fun thing too is awesome. uh, uh, a friend of mine up in Minnesota. They've uh, they manage a an event an art space up in the twin cities in minneapolis minnesota and they have this really thing they do monthly called uh open screen where they invite indie filmmakers to to show uh projects and a great way my buddy ryan uh described it he was like they're trying to create a uh a, a space 
in between a friends and family screening and an, like a film festival somewhere in the middle where, you know, there's still a platform, there's still an audience, but, you know, no one's denied from it. I don't think you just kind of, you know, you just go to the next month if, if the, if the, uh, the bill, uh, fills up, you know, and so they've got some really amazing things going on in the Twin Cities art scene. And I've been very, very lucky to be invited to be a part of it. And I can see myself, um, I hope to see myself and I, I do see myself uh, uh, becoming more involved in that scene up there. And um, yeah, man, we're going to be showing it publicly up there and I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I've been just nodding this entire, the, the listeners can't hear that, see this, but I've been just nodding throughout all this. And yes, yes, yes. And yes. Um, and yeah, so um you might have already said this and I, I'm already blanking, but did you already tell people where people can find more updates on a Walkman, like an Instagram page or Twitter? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Walkman is spelled W-O-K-M-A-N. It's uh, very much a play on word of uh, the Sony Walkman uh, music player. But uh, if you search W-O-K-M-A-N on any of the, uh, the social medias you'll easily find our movie uh you can also look for me jeremy tao uh t-h-a-o and uh, you'll usually be able to find out about the movie from my account as well um linktree.com slash walkman we've got all of our press and uh our press kit and all everything walkman we've accumulated over the past two years um can be found there and so uh another sneak peek too you heard it here first on kale's pod i'll be uh interviewed on atl film party here tomorrow afternoon and uh, i'll be one of the first filmmakers being highlighted in their new series of uh highlighting indie filmmakers here in the atlanta area so that's coming up soon too so we got a lot of a lot of exciting stuff i'm very blessed uh very lucky and uh I'm just trying to enjoy it, Kill. Thank you for, we've been friends and colleagues for a long time now, Kill. Thank you for, for always being there, dude. I, I love you, dude. I appreciate you a lot. No, the pleasure has been mine, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Um, again, every, all of uh, the link tree, uh, the Twitter, um all, all the links to walkman uh and of course jeremy's uh twitter account twitter and all the places you can find jeremy uh will be in the description below so it'll so that way it'll be easier for you to uh keep in touch and keep in the know on walkman and also uh if you want to also if you want to you can all i'm sure i'll i'm going to be retweeting and quote tweeting all of walkman stuff as well so if you want so you can always find more so if you can't find walkman stuff look on you know my twitter at movie kale that's where i will be sharing all of you know information and and, and jeremy again thank you thank you so much for doing this it means the world to me that we get to talk about this movie um and and it's just a lovely movie it is an absolutely beautiful lovely film and i know that the pleasure has been mine uh jeremy thank you so much you're welcome dude um, i appreciate it i appreciate it for real dude and uh it's been uh, 
it's been a pleasure having familiar faces like yourself like throughout this process it's been it's been pretty uh lonesome and pretty confusing and scary at times so it's always great to uh to have uh, old friends like yourself around so we'll uh we'll get some food here soon dude and uh thanks for having me again appreciate you all right thank you jeremy i will thank you we will see you in the next one all right Bye. see you later Hold on, you're young. the guy flew 13 hours to be here i'm not gonna tell you that you can't see him or something If two strangers walk by each other in the street and their clothes accidentally brush, that means there have been 8,000 layers of inyan. between them. Want you to stay.